Maimah that we learned, and let's go somewhere. Today is Purim. And if not go over, as the Baal Shem Tov says, if you read the story of, of Esther, as if it's something that happened a long time ago, you haven't fulfilled... <laughs> Please. If you read it as if, if it's something that happened a while ago, you haven't done the mitzvah. You have to read it like it's happening now. So the Maimah that we learned, we never learned before. It's a new Maimah from the Rebbe. It just came out now. The Maimah starts with these words. On that night, the king's sleep was disturbed. And the custom is that when the reader gets up to those words, the king's sleep was disturbed, he has to raise his voice. Why does he raise his voice? So the Maril says, because that's when the main miracle started. But the question is, it seems that the uh, game changer was Esther's arrival to Ahasuerus, and um responds and puts out the royal scepter, it seems like that's the main miracle. Why do we say the main miracle is... is um, Why do we say that the main miracle is the king sleeping disturbed? So the previous says in his mind, the reason is because the king refers to the king of the world, Hashem, and his sleep is disturbed. So, that doesn't answer the question, though, because I just re- that just transfers the question to something else. How can we say Hashem is asleep? Doesn't the Torah say the guardian of Israel does not sleep in slumber? How can we say Hashem is asleep and then he needs to be woken up? What does that mean? So, the answer is, Baal Shem Tov says, Hashem is your shadow. And the Zohar says, this world is similar to the world above. But when a Jew walks around with a smiling face in this world, so then Hashem shows him also a smile and kindness from above. And the opposite, has to show him the opposite. So since the Jewish people were in a state of sleep, so that caused, and instead of Hashem being there for us in a way that he does not sleep or slumber, instead he mirrored our behavior, Hashem is our shadow, and he also was in a state of sleep. So what does it mean to be asleep? So when you're asleep, number one, your eyes are closed. Number two, your faculties aren't functioning in a regular way. You don't see things that you ordinarily um, see, your eyes are closed, and also your mind isn't functioning the same way. You also could dream, when you're dreaming, you could put together things in your dream that are really the opposite of each other, nothing to do with each other. You could see absolute lies in your dream, and to you, they look like they're real. So our sight is supposed to be looking at the following. The Torah says, lift your eyes to the sky, and see how Hashem made the world. That's where our eyes are supposed to be. Our ears are supposed to be Shema Yisrael Hashem Hashem They're supposed to be listening, supposed to be thinking about how Hashem is our God, Hashem is one. That's where our eyes and ears are supposed to be. And that doesn't just mean our eyes and ears, but the ability to discern things is associated with the ear. So hearing is associated with Bina, and Chachma is associated with seeing. So our Chachma and Bina are supposed to be immersed in the truth of Hashem. So the meaning of closing our eyes and our ears, being asleep means that we're not seeing that. We're not seeing that. We're looking at the physical world and we are, um, we're affected by it. So I letter the Rebbe yesterday, I shouldn't say yesterday, right? The Rebbe says to this Jew, who asked the Rebbe, how can you rejoice in Purim? He looks at all that's going on, how can you be happy? And the Rebbe said, if Hashem command you to be happy in Purim, and He command you to be happy in a way that the joy should continue after Purim, the way that has affected the entire year, it's for sure that Hashem gives you the ability, Hashem gives you, not just the ability, Hashem gives you 
the reason to be happy, that they should be an open and clear good, and that not, not, nothing should conceal godliness. You look marvelous, Dr. Bresson. Thank you. I'm Absolutely not marvelous. Any, I'm not concealing anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so being asleep means that our, our mind isn't in the truth of Hashem, our mind is somewhere else. And being awake is like when the Basin English was standing. When the Basin English was standing, and we saw Galilee vividly, and everything was clear and it was obvious, the truth of Hashem, we saw 10 miracles every day, that's being awake. So, because in the exile, we were in a state of sleep, so Hashem is our shadow, and Hashem, the heart of you, the one you love, mirrors your heart, so since we were in a state of sleep, Hashem mirrors our behavior. So instead of Hashem being like the guardian of Israel who does not sleep or slumber, he is a sleepy Joe. He's asleep, and it looks like as in the language of the Zohar, that looks like he left and went far, far away, out of the park, somewhere, gone, gone, he's out. That's what it looks like. And what's happening is, just like in a dream, you are connecting two opposite things, so to Hashem, it looks like he, and when he is, so to speak, acting like he's asleep, there's two opposite things that are connected. He's giving abundance, but it's not going to his beloved people, it's going to the opposite. It's going to those people which are uh, oppressing the Jewish people. And that's why the Jewish people ask, wake up, Hashem, why are you sleeping? So how do we cause Hashem to uh, wake up? So since we're talking about being in a state of deep sleep, where all of our... Um, our soul powers aren't functioning the way they're meant to. So to use more of our power of sight and our power of understanding, it ain't going to work. It ain't going to work because all those soul powers have been tainted. You're going to try to see the truth of Hashem. You know where your eyes are. You know it looks real to you. So in order, in order to cause the king's sleep to be disturbed, to wake up, so to speak, the king, the Jewish people have to wake up also. And how do they wake up? So it says in Song of Songs, I am asleep, but my heart is awake. That means that even though externally there is our, our mind and our heart, is, looks like it's, it's plugged up, but there's a part of us that's never asleep. And what is that part? That's the pintle, the essence of the neshama. The essence of the neshama is never asleep. And Hashem is our, the heart of the Jewish people. And, and when we wake up our innermost heart, and we dedicate ourselves to, we give ourselves over to Hashem without any limitation with Messias Nefesh, that triggers in heaven also that Hashem's heart is awake. And Hashem becomes overtly and clearly and vividly and tangibly the guardian of Israel does not sleep or slumber. So after Song of Songs describes us as uh, my heart is awake, I am asleep and my heart is awake, when we are in that state, the verse continues and says, the voice of my beloved is knocking, and the voice of my beloved is saying, open up for me, my sister, my bride, my dove, my complete one. What is, what's going on over here? First of all, let's define who my beloved is. My beloved is Hashem. Hashem's love is from His very deepest self. Hashem's love comes from His very essence. And Hashem's love extends to our deepest essence, to our deepest self. Even if we've made all kinds of mistakes and we don't have all of those things that we're supposed to be, we're not, we're not the dove, we're not the complete one, we're not the sister, we're nothing. Yet Hashem still knocks on the door anyways. And He cries and He says, please open up for me. I, don't, I know that you look like Esau, Hashem says. I know that you are wearing the clothing of Esau and you're acting like Esau and you're thinking like Esau. Still I love you. 
Therefore, Hashem says, please, open up for me. And how much should you open up for me? So it says in, in the Talmud, Hashem is asking, open up for me like the eye of a needle. What's the meaning of an eye of a needle? So we learned that there's the, the point of the needle, and there is the eye of the needle where the thread goes through. The eye of the needle means that a, a geometric point is nothing smaller than that point. Hashem is asking us to open up in the tiniest way, specifically the tiniest way. What does that mean? The tiniest way means, in a simple sense, it sounds like Hashem is saying, make the tiniest move to me and, I'll, and we'll go places, and everything else will be good. But the tiniest way means Hashem is asking us to summon our essence. As I said before, when your mind and your heart aren't the way they're meant to be, so you have to summon something deeper. And that's represented by a geometric point. That doesn't mention in this discourse, but in other places, this talks about Purim being one, a one-day holiday. It's one day. It's something which, the fact that it's smaller means that we're not talking about different soul powers that are being activated and being used, we're talking about our smallest self, meaning our essence. The idea of essence um, being small is that it's not like Israel is called the good and spacious land. The good and spacious land means that every part of you is just radiating with your faith and your devotion and your mind and your heart and you're so you're so good. You're the good and spacious land. It's all over there. So being in a state of, uh, of, of opening up the, the eye of a needle means that it's just a turn to Hashem. You're turning to Hashem from your deepest self. I mean, think about the story of Song of Songs. The, the handsome shepherd and the maiden have agreed to meet, and she doesn't, he doesn't show up, and everyone scorns her. And now she's come home, and all of a sudden he's knocking on the door. So she doesn't want to open the door. Why would she want to open the door? This guy. This guy is the one who caused her to be ashamed, this one who, who, who spurned her, and... Who, um, who, who, who promised things, didn't do it. So why is she turning towards him? She's turning towards him because she realizes, yeah, all these things have happened, however, this is my beloved. I know this is my beloved. This, 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 it's come from a deep place. It's, it's a point. It's not from the mind and the heart. So it, it, it's, it's both a virtual, and I think, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't speak, speak clearly about, in this discourse, about exactly how, to, well, it speaks clearly, but I, whatever. It's not um, so clear to me um, what, the virtue and the deficiency of being at the geometric point, but I think there's, there is a virtue and deficiency in this. One is that it's coming from a place where there's, no, there's nothing else. On the other hand, it's, it's, it's very, very powerful. It's a very powerful turn. You're turning from your very essence, something which has no definition. That's the meaning of a geometric point. So Hashem says, you do this, and I will open up for you like the opening of the entrance of the whole of the Heichel in the temple, or the entrance of the Ulam. That means Hashem says, I will get you so that your deepest self will become everything about you. You will become my sister, you'll become my bride, you'll become my dove, you'll become my complete one. What are those things? So it says about Ram Avinu, he was called Hashem's sister. Although Hashem doesn't have any relatives, of course. However, the idea of being a sister is, the word sister means bond. Sister means connection. So, sister, in our service of Hashem, is about two things. It's about our hidden love for Hashem. About, instead of us turning to Hashem from our very essence, it's about, it's about loving Him. And it's about being a sister means to con- make a connection. It means whatever is going on in your life, you, you, you pierce beneath the surface of what's going on, and you look for the rule of divine providence. 
elsewhere, um, Hasidic masters talk about Esther being taken into the church of Achashverosh, her, her losing divine inspiration, and her saying the words of King David, my, my God, my God, why have you left me? So Chassidim explains the words, why have you left me? Chassidim explained, Chassidim masters explained, for what purpose, Lema, what purpose have you left me? I've lost an inspiration, there must be a purpose. The idea of being Esther is being a sister to Hashem means that you look for the rule of divine providence. You look beneath the surface and you say, what is the rule of divine providence? This must have some message for Hashem for me. As Avram said, Hashem is Kelelelam. He doesn't say he is Hashem, the master of the world. He is the world. The world itself is godly. That's the idea of being a sister, to connect everything to Hashem. That's what Avram did. He connected the world to Hashem, and so too for us, with Avram, means to connect everything in our lives to Hashem. Because the truth is that not only is Hashem creating the world every second from His words, but the world only comes into existence because of His will. And will, unlike other soul powers, is unique in that while... All other soul powers are things, they're tools. They have the ability to think, to feel. Will is the soul itself being drawn somewhere. Will means that there's nothing other than the soul being going somewhere. Will is not, when you have intellect, when you have feelings, there's, there's tools you're using. Will means that you're drawn. There's nothing outside of you in will. In desire, it's just you want something. There's you and you're being pulled somewhere. Desire, in Hebrew, is the same letters as the word pipe. You're being funneled somewhere through des- your desire. Just about you going somewhere. So because Hashem's desire is what brings the world into existence, just like our desire, once our desire stops, everything is gone, nothing else, so too the world has no existence. All it is is the desire of Hashem. There's, no- there's nothing there. So being Hashem's sister means you realize that and you feel it's just what's happening now is what Hashem wants to happen. It's all that's happening. So... The big point here is that not just is something that you learn in Chassidus, but the says this is something you're able to convey to your animal soul. Your animal soul to get that that Shem is, a, is the one who's, by whose word the world comes to be and the world exists. So that's being a sister. Then the next step is to become Hashem's bride. The word bride also is related to the word who, one who feeds me, the one who nourishes me. So it says the Jewish people are called the one who feed Hashem. Why are they called the, called the ones who feed Hashem? So what do you have eating in general? Why do you have to eat? The reason you have to eat is because, that's what you eat or drink before the Megillah, but maybe you can get a shikh you're allowed to. I don't know. Why do we have to eat? We have to eat in order to connect the soul to the body. In order to connect the soul to the body, you have to eat. Because your soul is spiritual, body is physical, how are you going to connect them? So to Hashem is absolute spirituality. Hashem is beyond spirituality. Hashem is infinite. So for Hashem to connect to the world, to bring Hashem's infinite light to the world, that's called eating. So we learn two things that bring Hashem's infinite light to the world. One is through Torah. Torah is called Hashem's bread. Studying Torah brings the infinite light of Hashem to the world. And also, it's when we act in an infinite way, even though we're finite people, and we, whatever for us is beyond, is not really beyond. It's just, for us it's beyond, yet, when we go beyond ourselves and love Hashem, without any limitation, beyond our mind, when we go beyond ourselves, so Hashem is, our, is a um, shade for the Jew. Hashem is, in what's in our heart is reflected, so to speak, in the heart of Hashem. So if we go beyond our limitations, we also draw down the infinite light of Hashem. And we draw the infinite light down into the physical world. So that's the idea of being Hashem's bride, the idea of, of feeding Hashem, bringing His infinite light into the world. But 
both being Hashem's sister and being his bride still always circles back to the world. In the sister model relationship, it's about finding Hashem in creation, but seeing Hashem in creation, the look of divine providence. In the bride model relationship, it's about channeling his infinite light into the world, albeit by you going beyond yourself, but it's still about bringing his infinite light into the world. You're acting in a miraculous way beyond yourself, and that's how you're causing miracles to happen in your life. Fantastic. But it's still about you and about your world. Then there is a higher level. The higher level is my dove. What's the other dove? Doves look at each other. Why do they look at each other? Because they love each other. So there's the idea of the Jew looking at the glory of Hashem just because a Jew is pasmakavit. A Jew just enjoys the Eivishter. A Yid's pleasure is Hashem. Hashem's pleasure is the Jew. So it's not because of, of what he is, Hashem is going to give him or what's going to change. It's just looking at the glory of the king so that a Jew enjoying the truth of Hashem and a Jew enjoying Hashem so when a Jew looks at Hashem in that way with such love, that causes also that Hashem's love is to the Jew in the same way. And that just like his pleasure is in Hashem, Hashem's pleasure is in the Jew. So it's not about what's going to happen, it's just about this dove-like bond where there's just nothing else. That's my dove. Higher than dove, the next level is Hashem calls us my complete one. My complete one means that the Jewish people become Hashem's partners. That, so to speak, Hashem needs us. That we feel that Hashem's um, objectives are only completed through our participation. Chaim, Chaim. Being a dove means that you have a vivid, clear perception of godliness. That you, it, it's, your very, it's a very deep experience. It's a very tangible experience, and Hashem's truth becomes very clear and vivid to you, and it, and, and, and it touches you, and, and, and you're full of pleasure. That's Dove. But being Hashem's complete one is not about you and your feelings, it's about satisfying what Hashem's desire. Like Esther fulfilled the will of Mordechai. It's not about what she thinks, what she feels, feels she's about, what does Mordechai need to accomplish? So this is the highest of levels. This is where you you're not, it sounds like to me like chapter 10 in Tanya where the author says the highest level is where you're not thinking about you, you're thinking about causing pleasure to Hashem. So how, what, what's Hashem's pleasure? Hashem's pleasure is in this world. We do something here, in the world of action. So in this physical world where there is the opposite of holiness, the opposite of light, there's darkness, and Yid transforms the darkness to light and does what Hashem wants, that's, and, and makes a home for Hashem here, that is when he's called my complete one. That's what makes him complete that he, he's, so to speak, makes Hashem complete because he's satisfying the desire of Hashem. So that highest of levels where your B'nai Aliyah, you're not thinking about yourself, is connected to the first step. That first step of opening up for Hashem, turning towards Hashem, summoning that deepest core, that's, that's, um, that's connected to the, um, the highest level. The verse continues and the verse says in Song of Songs, after Hashem makes this but makes this uh, plea. He says, please open up for me because I am. my head is full of dew. The idea of dew means, Hashem says, just like dew never stops, the world always has dew, unlike rain, which is brought to the world through the merit of the Jewish people, dew is, comes to the world without any merit. So Hashem says to us, I love you unconditionally. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what's happening. 
even if you don't deserve anything, Hashem says, I'm still going to give you. So that's, that's one idea of do. The second idea of do is, Hashem says, open up for me like the opening of the needle, and I'll open up for you like the opening of the entrance to the temple. Hashem says, I'm going to give you a lot more. You open up for me, and Hashem says, we'll reach a place where there are no doors. The entrance to the temple, the entrance of the Heichel, rather, was a huge entrance, and it had no doors. It was never closed. Hashem is saying, there's so much you could reach with your efforts. What you would do with your efforts, Hashem says, and you know what's going to happen, I'm going to bring you to a place where there's no interruptions, no separations, there are no doors, a place which, which is far beyond anything you could reach. That's all Hashem's pitch to us. Do this, and we'll go places. It'll be amazing. What do we respond to Hashem? The Jewish people say, I've taken off my clothing, how can I get dressed? I want to open the door, I'm, I'm not dressed. What's the idea of the clothing? The clothing refers to the clothing of mitzvahs. When a Jew does a mitzvah, he brings a garment to his desham because of the exile, both the exile in general and the exile inside of us, that we're in exile, in the stranger God that's in us, in exile the animal soul, because we're deeply in this exile. So therefore, we're not awake. Our eyes and ears are not looking at Hashem's providence, Hashem's creating the world and taking care of us. Rather, we are totally divested from our, our, we've totally disrobed all of God's commandments, and not only do we have disrobed ourselves from them, we say to Hashem, how can I start again? I don't know how to start. So what does Hashem respond to that? So the next verse in Song of Songs is, I've washed my feet, how can I dirty them? The word feet refers to the world, because the world is called Hashem's footstool. So where does Hashem rest his feet? In the world? In the Beis HaMegdash. So when the Jewish people are telling Hashem, we can't do mitzvahs, we're just not able to start this again. So the attitude of justice says to Hashem, so forget about your feet. Forget about your feet of making another Beis HaMegdash about the world again, um, embracing your sanctity and, and, and bringing Mashiach. It's just not going to work. They're just not interested in you. So what does Hashem respond to that? That's what we say, that's what the attribute of justice says. He says, forget about them. Don't take care of them. Stay, you stay asleep. They're not interested in you. So what does Hashem respond? The third, it says, my beloved sends his hand from the whole. That this beloved, Hashem, who loves us from his very core, who says, he, I love you, he doesn't wait for us to open the door, but he himself makes a hole. He himself makes an opening. He doesn't wait for us to open so although there are angels on the right and angels on the left, and there's a whole discussion in the heavenly courts, Hashem comes to us from a place where, which is beyond all the angels. Hashem goes from under His throne of glory and digs a hole, which means that He, he doesn't look, he, he, he relates to us from a place which is beyond the attribute of justice and beyond, beyond, beyond the, the angels of merit and the angels of accusation. And He, and he opens up for us. And he, and he lets the inspiration from Hashem reach us. He lets his knocking at the door touch our hearts. He doesn't wait for us to open up. He goes and he allows it to touch our hearts, despite the fact that we haven't done anything. When we see that, what happens is that my inner stir for him. My inner stir for him means, we learned yesterday, innards refer to the, the, the digestive organs that dispel from the body things that don't belong. But in the Gemara, it says that the, the, the beginning of the inner, the beginning of the intestines start from the heart. So that means there's something, there's a strong feeling for Hashem we have as a result from His reaching out to us. And this causes us 
to not find any rest, not find any respite from going back to the things that we were into before, to our sleep. We're not able to fall back asleep anymore because Hashem has reached out to us in such a deep way and despite us ignoring Him, so this causes Hashem to be un, to us to be unable to, to ignore Him. We're, we're not able to turn away. We have to turn back to Him. We can't. We can't ignore Him. And then what happens is we activate our intestines. What's our intestines? We dispel from our body things that don't belong. We get rid of things in our life that are not supposed to be there. And we bring into our life things that are meant to be there. That's the of the intestines. So that's our response that happens because Hashem has sent His hand from that opening that He's made. So although the Jewish people say they're asleep, but their heart is awake. Who is their heart? Their heart is Hashem. Hashem is the, the in all places, in all times, doesn't listen to attribute of justice. Rather, He sends His hand through the opening, and that permeates us. And so that way, we completely transform. And not only do we have that initial opening, but more, this brings us to becoming his sister, and his bride, and his daughter, his complete one. And that's the meaning of the verse, and that night the king's sleep was disturbed, that the, although the Jewish people were in a state of sleep, nevertheless, as a result of the Jewish people um, being in a state of sacrifice to Hashem for the whole year, that caused the king's sleep to be disturbed, and that caused Ahasuerus' sleep to be disturbed, and that's why he asked the royal records. The royal records means that it wasn't just an inspiration that Hashem had and it stayed somewhere in heaven and one day we'll see that light and, and glory that Hashem had for us in, 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 well, in Gan Eden, in, in the afterlife. Rather, Hashem's calling for the royal records means that He brings down this love for us into time and into space because our devotion to Him also wasn't just a devotion to Him that was just deep within us. When the story of Purim, the Jewish people actually exhibited their devotion to Hashem in a way that was uh, tangible. They did, and they acted, and they thought in sync with who they were, in sync with their, with their essence of their soul. And that's the power of the miracle. The king's sleep is disturbed, and because the king, Hashem's sleep is disturbed, he awakes, that causes Ahasuerus' sleep to be, to be disturbed, and therefore the Jewish people are blessed to have the four blessings enumerated in the Megillah, light and joy and gladness and honor, and as the Talmud says, light refers to Torah. And joy refers to Torah, simple as the Yantav. Joy refers to Yantav. Um, gladness refers to the Mitzvah, Bismillah. And glory refers to Tefillin. So we had all, the, the, all those blessings, all those spiritual blessings, but also in a simple sense. The Jewish people are blessed with all good things. And uh, that, that's the meaning of Hashem waking up from a city. He blesses the Jewish people with abundance and all good things until we see the coming of Mashiach. We should see it happen today. As the Rizal says, that concludes in mind when you remember what happened and you remember with this feeling of inspiration, you cause it to happen again. You cause this revelation to happen again. And we, especially in this time of Purim, to think about how Hashem reached out to us and think about how Hashem's sleep was disturbed and we remember it, that causes it to happen again. We should see it happen today. And we should see a transformation of all of the negative in the world. Thank you.